Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. I'm Kylie Camps, and welcome to the podcast. This space is dedicated entirely to making a difference in the lives of women. I believe we all have a right and a responsibility to truly live our best lives. It all begins with curiosity, changing our thinking and cultivating more self-love. Through thoughtful conversations and shared experiences, I really hope that you can take something away from this podcast. I'm a business owner, a speaker, a sleep consultant and mum of twin boys. I've also recently completed some training in the cognitive behavioral therapy space and I'm super, super passionate about the ability that we all have to really improve our days. And ultimately, when we take ownership of improving our days, we're really improving our whole life. So let's get stuck into today's episode. Welcome to today's podcast. This episode is a solo podcast where I'm talking about a handful of different things that have been on my mind lately. But before we get stuck into that episode, this one is brought to you by my friends over at Esme. And as you know, I've been using Esme skincare for a long time now, and we wanted to do something a little bit different. We wanted to answer some of your questions. Now, I am not a skincare expert. I'm definitely a skincare fan. I feel like a good skincare routine makes a massive difference in your life, more than it probably should, disproportionately, but that's how I feel. And so I wanted to have an actual skin expert on to answer your specific questions. And so we're going to hear from Lauren, who is a skin care service consultant at Esme Skin Minerals. Lauren is a dermal therapist with lots of experience, and she's really passionate about helping everyone. I was going to say women, but not just women, about help, helping people to feel great in the skin that they are in. She's genuinely very, very passionate about this. I've seen her speak at events and I've watched her become emotional over results that she has helped people to achieve. And I think, well, I imagine unless you've had a significant skincare concern or you've been really bothered by your skin, it can be hard to imagine just how transformative that journey is from having something that really bothers you and causes you discomfort and maybe impacts your confidence to overcome that and, you know, achieve results. So Lauren is very passionate about what she does. Everyone over at Esme is. So she's answering a few questions that came through, including budget, pigmentation, um, and anti-aging tips as well, and just general skin health and hygiene. So you're going to hear from Lauren before 
the podcast episode. I hope you enjoy it. There's also a special Esme offer whereby if you spend over $55 on products, you can receive a free mini of your choice and you can choose from a variety of products. There's over nine things to choose from. So you can take advantage of that by using the code KYLIEGIFT, all in capitals, when you spend over $55. But the next 15 minutes, you're going to hear from Lauren, um, from Esme, answering your questions. And then the podcast episode will begin. I hope you enjoy hearing from Lauren. Lauren, thank you so much for taking time out of your workday to have this conversation and answer these skincare questions. Before we dive into those questions, though, can you let our listeners know a little bit about what it is that you do over at Esme? Yeah, absolutely. So thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to have this conversation with you. Um, But yeah, my name's Lauren and I am one of our skin service consultants here at Esme Skin Minerals. So we do have a team of about six amazing consultants and we focus on sort of skin recommendations and offering skin consultations for all of our customers and yeah customers interested in starting their Esme journey and guiding them along that journey and getting the best results and routine for their skin. And it's an amazing service that you provide. I'm often getting feedback from people over on Instagram saying it's been so helpful to just be able to interact. Yeah it makes such a difference and so Speaking of interacting, (laughs) one of the questions that came through the most was surrounding budget and skincare. So where should people consider really investing in skincare? Yeah, that's a great question. So we we will always work with the customer, um, I guess, on what their budget is because everyone's budget is so different. So whether you're wanting to start with just the basics and just getting started on one or two key products or you might have someone that wants a complete like skincare overhaul and we can get a whole new sort of routine started Uh, there's so many different options and we're really flexible to work with them when starting a new care um, new skincare routine sorry and we'll tailor that specifically to their skin type and skin concerns so a really good option to get started would just be a really gentle cleanser moisturizer and sunscreen is really important so that's a great starting routine that you could look at it's really important to have a consistent routine as well when it does come to your skincare routine so consistently using those products um, morning and night if you can I understand like a lot of um, customers are really busy with their work or kids and whatnot but if you can just get a really basic routine down pat consistently that's the best sort of starting point for your skincare routine Absolutely. And I think when it comes to budget as well, it's so helpful for people to understand that when you are investing in quality products, a little bit goes a really long way. Like when I was a hairdresser trying to explain to people that, yes, salon quality shampoo is far more expensive, but you need like one twelfth of the amount (laughs) to get the same results. So I think it's helpful for people to understand that as well, that <clears throat> Sorry, my voice is going. <laughs> when you're investing in skincare, a little bit goes a lot further than some of the cheaper options at times. Yeah, absolutely. It's so, so true. And it's, yeah, you don't need a 10-step routine to sort of get good results. You can really just start simple and then we're always here to help and work with you on your routine or with your budget. And we can slowly look at adding more to kind of continue achieving those skincare and skin goals along the way. 
Amazing. The next question that came through was surrounding pigmentation issues, specifically during pregnancy. Oh, this is, it's such a common skin concern during pregnancy. It's a really, really tricky type of concern as well. This type of pigmentation, we actually, it's referred to as melasma. So I don't know if you guys have heard of that before, but it is the type of pigmentation that commonly presents due to hormonal factors. So Unfortunately, we can't control those internal factors, particularly during pregnancy, so it can be really tricky to treat. Um, But we definitely have seen some amazing results with some key products to target those concerns. Um, For instance, you definitely would look at using some brightening active ingredients or some vitamin C in your skincare routine. Uh, This would be our pomegranate brightening serum. This is by far one of our go-to products for pigmentation, not just during pregnancy, but just pigmentation in general as well to help lighten and brighten those concerns. Awesome. And with the skin service, you can actually send through photos as well, can't you? Yeah, absolutely. So we're, we can be reached through Instagram, uh, Facebook. We've got our email and live chat on the website. So you can sort of send through photos to any of those platforms to us and we can assess your skin, work with you on your budget and what your skin type is and we can slowly sort of start to build up that skincare routine over time from there. Amazing. I think now specifically we are so much more used to submitting photos, particularly with the Zoom era and everything like that. So it's great that people can jump over and send some photos and get that personalised advice. Yeah. The next question was surrounding skin health. Aside from water, sun cream and sleep, what are the most important things, in your opinion, for overall skin health? I love this question. Um, as there's, there's so much more to achieving healthy skin than just a good skincare routine. Um, a good skincare routine is super important, but it is definitely like it's often overlooked that we do need to kind of focus on trying to have like a, a healthy and balanced lifestyle as well. Um, I know it's definitely easier said than done for a lot of um, people, but factors like um, stress can really in, in, like impact and affect our skin a lot, uh, so much more than we generally realise. So if you feel like you are really stressed or really tensed, like we do really like to try and encourage our customers and just, yeah, anyone in general to kind of take that little bit of me time and self-care. Um, if you can, yeah, run a nice bath, pop on a little face mask or even just doing some yeah like really deep breaths or some meditation or anything it can all really help because stress as I mentioned is yeah it can impact our skin massively uh diet is another really big factor as well that can affect our skin a lot and I'm sure we're all aware of that um so trying to feed your body with lots of really healthy food and good nutritional meals it it all affects the overall health of our skin as well as things like our hair and nails and stuff as well so diet's really important um at the moment it's quite important to remember from wearing face masks I know we all are kind of in this together that can affect the skin a lot too so we're having lots of customers having trouble with sort of skin concerns around those sort of factors but we we can't really control that at the moment while we are having to wear the face masks but just trying to remember to kind of clean them regularly even things like cleaning your pillowcase really regularly can help the overall health of our skin Uh, make sure you clean your makeup brushes things like that little healthy 
lifestyle sort of habits um, can all make a big, big difference to the overall skin health. Makeup brushes is one of those things yeah. that I think so many of us, like I just smile when you say uh, it. Like, oh, I know, we so all say it, but <laughs> it really, really does. Yeah, Tonight I'm cleaning skin. my makeup brushes. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Let's all do Good it. Good skin hygiene. That's it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think everything that you mentioned there is so helpful because often we kind of forget that our skin is an organ, like our skin is our biggest organ. So not only is it amazing skincare that helps, it's all of those lifestyle factors as well that come into play. And yeah, stress, I mean, stress Mm, just comes out in so many different ways. It's so hard, but yeah. tricky last but not least a lot of questions came through surrounding anti-aging what are your top tips for I guess preventing the signs of aging uh sunscreen (laughs) no I know that's definitely double underline yeah every (laughs) sunscreen non-negotiable no it's definitely like we we sort of bang on about this all the time but sunscreen is honestly it's the best anti-aging product that you can use for your skin um prevention is definitely better than a cure so we we try and encourage if we've got anyone new to starting skincare or younger skin types definitely get in the habit of wearing spf daily because in the long run it is going to be your ultimate anti-aging ingredient but everyone at all ages sunscreen is so important so definitely regardless of the weather or the season or whatever you're doing try and yeah get in the habit of wearing your sunscreen every single day um but it is important to remember that like aging is it's a natural part of life um and it's a really beautiful thing so we definitely have to have relax like realistic expectations when it comes to treating these concerns um because we can't prevent aging it's just a natural sort of thing and as much as we'd like to it's um yeah it's not avoidable but um and my grandma always said yeah every time she'd have a birthday she would never whinge about her birthday she's she still doesn't whinge about her birthday yeah. because she always says the alternative's no better. So exactly. Like, exactly. Aging is important. <laughs> oh, but I also absolutely. Know a lot of us want to maintain yeah. sort of, you know, the youthfulness of our skin yeah. because it kind of can help with confidence and all of that stuff as well. So sun cream's an amazing tip. Absolutely. What else would you suggest? Uh, I mean, everything everything helps. So really a good skincare routine can do wonders for the skin. Um, we really like to focus on hydration and nourishment as we do age because um, our skin will naturally start to, that oil production starts to minimise as we do age. So keeping the skin really hydrated is key. Um, but we can definitely look at adding more anti-aging targeted ingredients to your skincare routine as well. whether it be like hyaluronic acid or different antioxidants, peptides are amazing, vitamin A or retinol. I'm sure you guys have heard lots of that, but that's an amazing ingredient as well to have in your routine to assist with the um, process of aging. We're really excited because we have our um, encapsulated retinol range launching next month actually, which is super, super exciting because it's my probably my favorite ingredient when it comes to anti-aging um but it's really important to also look at skin treatments i know a lot of us kind of put that to the side but skin treatments can really kind of enhance our overall overall results and then help to enhance those sort of skin goals that we want to achieve so a really good treatment plan um can really help along the way with that as well Amazing. I know I've seen a massive difference since using the hyaluronic hydrating serum myself. Yeah. 
And I have to say I was kind of surprised because it's not um, – it's not like a heavy product. And I think in my mind, I was like, oh, moisture, it should feel <laughs> dense. But it's really, really light, but it's also super effective. It's one that if I happen to run out and I don't replenish my stock quickly, like if I don't start using it again quickly, I do notice a real difference in my skin texture. Yeah, absolutely. And hyaluronic acid is one of those kind of more um, – instant kind of results sort of based products because dehydration if our skin's dehydrated fine lines are going to be more prominent for example so if we can instantly boost those cells with internal hydration you can actually notice very um, results very quickly but then you've got the likes of your golden anti-aging serum as well and this is great to use in like your nighttime routine to help even more with that sort of rejuvenation and the anti-aging factors with those peptides and vitamin c in there as well Amazing. Well, Esme has a whole range of products from the cleansers to the skin treats to face masks, gentle foliants. There's so many incredible products. And I think the service that you provide in tailoring a skincare routine is such a gift. So thank you for your time today. And speaking of gifts as well, I wanted to let our listeners know that we have a special offer happening with Esme, whereby if you spend over $55, you can choose out of nine. So there's a bit of variety there, but out of a mixture of nine Esme products in the mini size. So you can select your own free mini by using the code KYLIEGIFT all in capitals at the checkout when you spend $55 or more. So I'll pop those details in the show notes. And if our listeners want to jump over and take advantage of this amazing service you provide, where should they head? So they can find us on Instagram. Uh, send us a DM and we can sort of make any skin consultations or recommendations for you there. We do have the live chat on the website. There is um, someone on from seven days a week from 6am till 10pm at night. So we can generally be reached at all times of the day. And then also Facebook and our email is skin at esme.com.au. Amazing. I'm sure a lot of listeners will be sliding into the DM. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Lauren, thank you so much for your time and your expertise today. It's been really lovely chatting with you. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. I hope that wherever you are and whatever you're up to, you are having a really nice time and you're enjoying yourself. And if you're not, that's totally okay. Life's not meant to be enjoyed all the time. And this too shall pass. But on the, on the whole, I hope that you and your family are really well. This podcast is a solo episode where I'll just be sharing a few kind of, um, I was going to say random, but I always feel like a teenager when I use that word, like so random. Um, but I guess that's kind of what it is. Maybe I'll go sporadic. It sounds slightly more grown up. Some sporadic thoughts with you in this episode. I find myself all too often starting conversations or just engaging in conversations with my friends by using the line. So I was listening to a podcast the other day, so much so that when I say it now, I always feel like I have to kind of make light of it. Like, oh yeah, it's my catchphrase. I'm forever commenting on things that I've heard about in a podcast. But recently I have heard over and over again that might be being a little bit dramatic, but a few times recently in podcasts I've listened to, 
I've heard people reference the term the arrival fallacy. And so I kind of wanted to look into it. And when I looked into it, I was like, oh, yes, I feel like I've spoken a little bit about this in the past in my short solo episodes. When I was uploading an episode every single day, I spoke about the importance of not waiting to be a certain way before you start living. And at the essence, the core of that message is really similar to the arrival fallacy. But I wanted to mention it in this podcast because it's really nice to have a refresher and it's such an important concept to really be reminded of and really to keep at the forefront of your brain because I think as humans, we are all so guilty and it's not our fault. Um, Well, it kind of is our fault as humans, but we are all so conditioned to respond to extrinsic motivators and wanting things outside of ourselves to validate who we are, to make us feel a certain way. We're often really sold a lifestyle or sold a persona or just really sold a concept of who you might be when you achieve a certain thing. Now that thing could be a work promotion, a job title, It could be completing your studies. It could be having a family. It could be getting married, having, you know, getting a boyfriend, um, reaching a certain goal weight. All of those things fall into that category of going, you know what, maybe if I have that, then I will feel a certain way. I'll be a certain person. And the arrival fallacy really speaks to the holes in that concept because it's not real. And so Harvard psychologist Tal Ben-Shahar has coined this term, the arrival fallacy, and he explains it in his book, which is called Happier, Learn the Secrets to Daily Joy and Lasting Fulfillment, which I have not yet read, but I am going to. It sounds like an absolutely great book. But since hearing this term, the arrival fallacy, I've since kind of gone down a rabbit hole of watching videos, listening to him speak, and reading other people's articles other people's articles, excuse me, on this topic. So the whole idea of this concept is that it's a belief that when you accomplish something, as I mentioned, you'll finally be happy. You'll finally be the person that you want to be. And so you're always striving towards obtaining something. And then when you obtain it, you realize that you're no different or that it's really only able to bring you fleeting joy and happiness in the moment. It might give you really positive feelings whilst it's happening. You might feel positive when you reflect upon that memory, but ultimately it hasn't fundamentally changed who you are in that split second that you achieve something. I hope that makes sense. I hope I'm not butchering this Harvard psychologist's concepts. Definitely go and read his book, hear it in his own words. I just wanted to chat about it here because I think it's something that we all um, can kind of fall victim to at times. This idea that, oh, when I have something, I'll be who I want to be. So he talks about how pursuing goals is great. And that's not the problem. We should definitely pursue goals. But the problem is when we focus and marry 
our happiness or our perceived idea of happiness to the outcome and not focus on the journey of getting to that outcome. And I know it's a bit trite, it's a bit cliche to say, you know, the journey is more important than the destination. It's such a bumper sticker. But I think we do need that reminder of going, you know what, it's great to have a goal, but it's actually so much more important that we enjoy the process of getting towards that goal. Because, and I'm just interjecting my own thoughts here, but the, the process is what actually creates more of a fundamental change in who we are because the process is made up of our habits. It's made up of our daily efforts. And one of my all-time favorite quotes is, success is the sum of small habits repeated day in and day out. So the actual laying of the foundation is so incredibly important and that changes us ever so slightly perhaps, but it changes us maybe more than actually the end outcome does or will. So it's really important to remember that achievement doesn't always equal happiness. And anytime we do achieve something, it's never um, without its own challenges. I mean, how often in life have we been focused? I know I've had this experience where you've been focused on getting to a certain point, like maybe it's getting to the wedding, maybe it's getting to the holiday, it's getting your mortgage loan approved, Um, it's getting that promotion and then you get there and you go, oh my gosh, I really didn't realize that with this milestone would come perhaps some negative experiences as well and you're not prepared for those because in your mind's eye you've kind of painted it as this final destination of when you achieve it you're going to feel amazing you're going to be that person you want to be but you get it and you go oh shit I wasn't counting on nothing changing in the relationship when we got married or I wasn't counting on having a baby being so hard with sleep deprivation or I wasn't counting on the fact that you know, things could go awry on holiday or that a mortgage would also mean more financial stress, which could put a relationship under stress. Like it's never an isolated incidence or an isolated achievement. There are always flow on effects. So it's really important to keep that in mind and in perspective because otherwise we run the risk of conflating this achievement into this band-aid that's going to fix everything And it's just really unlikely that that's going to happen. And so when we have goals and we are pursuing them, which is brilliant, it's great to have those goals, whether they're short-term, long-term, whether they are more surface level or they're really deep, whatever it is, it's really important that we are actually aware of how important it is that we are taking stock along the way and we are enjoying the process or even if it's not an enjoyable process overall, but we're grateful for the process and we can acknowledge what the process is bringing to us as a human. We can value the challenge because that brings growth. One of my favorite authors, James Clear, speaks about this in one of his books. He talks about acknowledging the power of a very small incremental shift And I've spoken about this in, I would say, easily five other podcasts, but it's worth mentioning again because let's just beat, (laughs) let's just flog this dead horse. But he speaks about how important it is to understand this concept of 
If you imagine there are two aircrafts side by side and they are about to take off and they've got the same flight path. If you just take the aircraft on the left, and again, I'm taking creative licensing here with adding a little bit of color to this story, but if you take the aircraft on the left and you tilt its nose ever so slightly, like one degree. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Off its original flight path, when those two aircrafts take off, They can be going at the same speed, but the one on the left is going to end up in an entirely different location at the end of the flight to the aircraft on the right, just because of the ever so slight incremental shift in flight path. Just that one degree to the left, you would hardly even notice it at the starting line, but at the end, you would notice it because over the trajectory of the flight path, it's going to get further from that aircraft that was on the right. I hope that makes sense. Basically, this story is to just highlight that little shifts, little habits, enjoying the process, being aware of the process can end you in a entirely different place than when you when you sort of with them where you intended to land to begin with my gosh I hope this makes sense but I just wanted to mention that because it's so important to be mindful of the process so when you have a goal really be objective and look at the process of getting towards that goal and maybe work backwards and go okay so this is my goal now I need to fill in how I'm going to get there But when I'm filling in my plan and I'm formulating how I'm going to do this, try and keep enjoyment, but also um, gratitude and accessibility and maybe even smaller changes versus big changes at the forefront of your mind so that when you are filling in that gap, when you're working out a plan of how you're going to reach your goal, you're not missing the gifts in the journey and you're not likely to put all of your eggs in the basket of feeling a certain way when you reach that end goal. Gosh, I hope that makes sense. Being grateful for the journey is a big one. Being grateful for the day that you are in. So you might have a plan that's eight weeks, you know, maybe you're working on something and in eight weeks you are going to reach that goal or maybe it's eight months or eight years. But How can you bring joy to each and every day? So going, okay, today, what part of working towards this goal am I grateful for? Or maybe even daily is too micro. Maybe it's just like this month. What part of this journey am I grateful for this month? So an example of this could be maybe you have a fitness goal and you you really have in your mind that you want to lose 10 kilograms because when you lose 10 kilograms you will then start wearing all of these outfits that you've been 
pining after or you will then be able to swim at the beach with your children because you'll be so much more confident and this is the example I've used in a previous podcast it's so important to understand that you are still the same person and you are still worthy of these experiences so try and enjoy them along the way don't say to yourself when I reach x then I'll do why if it's something that you can actually already do already. If you have the ability to go swimming with your kids, go swimming with your kids. Um, Try and enjoy the process. Another part of that is say you have a fitness goal, a way that you could bring gratitude towards the process of getting there is noticing and focusing, you know, zoning in on some of the positives that aren't directly related to the outcome. So it could be that you really enjoy your group fitness class because you've made a new friend or you really, really value that 20 minutes to yourself after a workout where you go to the cafe next to the gym and you order yourself a coffee and you just really cherish that part of the ritual that is part of working towards your goal. Or maybe your goal is to do with saving so you are on a budget and you want to try and focus on some of the positives of being on a budget so rather than being focused on what you're missing out on and then thinking oh I'm gonna really be dragging my heels the whole way through this process of getting towards our goal it's like okay what are the positives what can you enjoy in this process so you might need to get creative maybe it's going okay we're going to be sacrificing more expensive date nights so we're going to focus on family nights in or date nights in which might sound like someone's idea of personal hell but I'm just trying to give you ideas guys or maybe it's going you know what we can't afford a babysitter for our weekly date night so we're going to reach out to some friends that are that could be in a similar situation and suggest we do child minding tag whereby one Saturday night a month you look after their kids and then they look after yours the following so that you can share the load and try and enjoy some of those ways of cutting costs a little bit um what else Also celebrating the smaller milestones. So don't wait to celebrate the end result, celebrate along the way. And that celebration can just be as little as an actual acknowledgement. You might get some joy and satisfaction out of just ticking a list, like ticking a task off a list. But just noticing the way that you're progressing can also really, really help. So keep the arrival fallacy in mind and just notice in your own dialogue Do you ever find yourself thinking, if I was blah, or if I had blah, then I would feel a certain way? Because it's kind of crap, you're still the same person at the end of the day. And when I was thinking about this topic and chatting with some friends, we were talking about how this relates to relationship as well. How it could be easy to think that when I meet the right person, then I'll feel a certain way or I'll start living a certain way. And it's just so silly. It's so much more important to actually enjoy where you are in life right now. And yes, if you've got goals and things that you want to achieve, great work towards them. But don't miss what's happening today. It's one of the mantras that I find myself using as a bit of an anchor when I'm not being mindful, when I'm kind of out of my body 
and I'm a million miles away, I often say to myself, you're missing it. Like you're missing it. Don't miss it, Kylie. It's happening right now. Today is happening right now because, you know, not to be um, dramatic, but I do really value the stoicism um, philosophy. And it's really important to understand that we're not all afforded today and, you know, things could be so much worse. So yeah, don't miss it. It's one that I often have to repeat to myself because like every other human, I have a monkey mind as well and it's easy to take things for granted. So I just wanted to speak about that, the arrival fallacy. Now onto a book that I have just finished reading two nights ago at 3am, mind you, because one of my darling children woke me up at 1.30am with a bad dream and then I could not get back to sleep. So I ended up sitting up and reading this book and I finished it. Now this book is called The Mistake by Katie McMahon. McMahon? McMahon I'll go with. And when I first started reading it, I wasn't captured immediately, but I pushed on and I think maybe I wasn't captured immediately more as a reflection of me being really, really tired because if I'm not captured, then honestly, I will more often than not just close the book and move on. If it hasn't grabbed me quickly, I'm not always patient with things like that, but for some reason I pushed on and I think maybe that reason is I found the characters in this book really likable. I did feel like at the start of this book, there were parts missing from the story. But again, I don't know if that's just because I have been having a really, really exhausted week where I'm just mentally like not super sharp. So it could be more to do with just me personally than this actual book because I really did enjoy it and I read it really quickly. Um, And so the mistake. It's about two sisters. It's about decisions, choices, their relationship. It says on the blurb, so no spoilers here, but it reads on the blurb, Beck and Kate are sisters, but they couldn't be less alike. Beck lives the domestic dream with her surgeon husband, Stuart, and three perfect children. So why is she so attracted to free-spirited Ryan? Kate's life is hardly a dream, but when she meets Adam, tall, kind, funny, things start looking up until she finds out he's been keeping secrets from her. Then there is the incident both sisters are desperate to ignore. Will they discover that some mistakes can't be put right? So I really did enjoy this book. As I mentioned, um, it's obviously like it's a book about two sisters and I did really enjoy reading about their relationship and as someone who has two sisters I can understand that dynamic of you know you love your sisters but they can also really bother you like no one else (laughs) and they can bother you quickly and then you snap back to that love relationship and appreciate them for who they are. I enjoyed it because I think it explores decisions that we make when we are in a vulnerable state and it also really explores how we think other people perceive us and how at times we will protect that perception of other people 
and we protect it at the detriment of truly letting someone see who we are and it can damage the connection we have. I really enjoyed the pace of this book. I always like it when stories are written, you know, a chapter about, like one chapter about one character, the next chapter about the other. And the chapters felt like they were a good length, which I don't know, it just makes it easier to read because you can kind of pick it up and dip into it and go, oh yeah, I'll just read this chapter and then move on. So I liked that. I also, as I mentioned, found the characters really, really likable and very real. The reality of having children, the reality of having a sister, relationships, projections of wanting to protect ourselves. So then we project stories about other people. And yeah, I enjoyed this book. So that is the mistake. And I just picked that one up at Big W. It just spoke to me. It's funny, isn't it, how you can go into a bookstore or a department store and my girlfriend and I were talking about this the other day where sometimes you'll just think, oh, I want to read that, I want to read that, I want to read that and other times you walk out going, ugh, nothing is speaking to me. But I really enjoyed this book and I'm loving fiction right now. I tend to go through waves. I've just started reading another fiction novel which so far so good really enjoying it so I might speak about that one in another episode because I know that when I do share books I love I hear from you a lot on Instagram and it's really really cool it feels like a big big kind of book club vibe over on Instagram I've shared some of my favorites in a reel as well so if you're hungry for some more book recommendations, you can jump over there and have a look. Now, before I round up this episode in keeping with the theme and the commitment of sharing things I'm working on personally, but also not sharing too much that I get a vulnerability hangover, as Brene Brown calls it, in therapy recently. So last week, Um, I was sharing with my therapist about how I was feeling more anxious and again, just having moments of feeling really angry. And we kind of unpacked that anger and got to the root cause of it being about fear and loneliness. And so I was talking with her about the heaviness of, um, loneliness in parenting right now. And I say right now, but I think it's to do with, you know, a couple of years of not having a partner to share that part of my life with. It's just taking its toll. And so we were talking about the responsibilities of being a single parent. And I also don't even like using the term single parent because the boys have two parents. So I am single and I am a parent, but they don't have just one parent. And I am in a situation where I have shared custody. And I know anytime I speak about co-parenting or, you know, feeling like a single parent, I will get messages from people saying, well, I have it much worse than you because I have full custody or whatever it might be, you know, rattle off a myriad of different dynamics. I cannot speak to every single dynamic. I can only speak to the one that I am living when it comes to sharing a lived experience And the fact that someone has it worse than me, of course, I'm aware of that. And of course, that helps with perspective. But it's also okay for me to go, you know what? I'm fucking lonely in parenting. 
you know, because even though, yes, I had a boyfriend for a little while there, he was not involved in parenting at all. And so it's been a long time of not having anyone to share that part of my life with. And there's a real sadness about, I guess, acknowledging that, you know, having twins was so hard in the early days. And I'm not saying that we're out of the woods yet in terms of challenges. My gosh, the boys are turning eight this year. I've still got so many more um, uphill battles and things like that. But moving out of that stage of such intense neediness, you know, like they're at the age where they can get their own breakfast. They can safely cut an apple up. They can light a candle. They can shower themselves. They can put their plates in the dishwasher All of these things that, you know, in the early days kind of seemed so far off. And now there's that real gap. I don't know. I don't know if gap's the right word, but it's noticing the absence of someone to enjoy these moments with and go, you know what, it's a different stage of parenting. And with that comes, you know, some really great positives of going, you know what, they're totally fine to walk across the road to the park on their own Um, but when I turn my head to the left I don't have someone to share that with and that's something I noticed as well when I took them for a night away recently over the school holidays I love being with them and I love being their mum so much but I would like to have someone to share that with and so I think some of the anger I've been experiencing really does come back to fear Fear of being alone, fear of going through the process of meeting someone and maybe having my heart hurt again, just fear of all of it. And so that's been a really cathartic conversation to have with my therapist and kind of unpack that a little bit and bless her she's amazing. Like I, I often find myself thinking, oh, you're good. You got me there. I see what you did because I was kind of in a bit of a victim mindset of being like, I'm angry because of blah, blah, blah. I feel like it wasn't my choice because of blah, blah, blah. Like just in one of those pissy moods where I just wasn't really owning, um, or really seeing the forest for the trees for just to add another saying, because that's what I do. Um, And so she was really good because she was able to kind of bring up some probing questions for me that made me see I have actually chosen the situation I'm in now and to understand that in life, you know, we we all experience pain and we all experience hurt. And sometimes we have to acknowledge that we've chosen one form of upset or one form of hurt to avoid another So yes, whilst I might be experiencing fear and loneliness and the absence of having someone to share the parenting side of my life with, you know, that's a choice in a way rather than continuing to push on in a relationship that is not ultimately meeting needs or, you know, to push on with something that's going to feel like I'm compromising. So she's very good at putting me back in the driver's seat and giving me perspective, which is really, really helpful and also great at encouraging me to objectively look at the facts. So if I'm feeling a bit of anger and fear surrounding, oh my gosh, what if I'm alone forever? Um, 
going, okay, well, let's look at the facts here. You're probably not going to be alone. You've been single for this period of time, blah, blah, blah. Like actually talking to the fear with a more rational, healthy brain versus succumbing to that victim mentality. So it was a really helpful therapy session. And for me, one of the things that I'm finding most beneficial, and this is a very privileged position to be in, to be able to go to therapy um, frequently, and it's a commitment I've made to myself to do that for an eight-week block, and I'm now coming up to seven weeks of it, and I'm going to start probably going more fortnightly, but so I just want to acknowledge that because, again, I'll likely get a message from someone saying, well, la-di-da, good for you. Some of us don't have time to go to therapy, but so I acknowledge it's you know a luxury to do so. But part of that luxury of going weekly or that necessity, whatever you want to call it, one of the perks of those weekly sessions has been that my psychologist can see the fluctuations, excuse me, week to week, which I know for sure coincide with my cycle because we are moving targets, you guys. Like you have to understand that men, this is going off on a tangent, But men have a 24-hour hormone cycle. So every 24 hours, they get the same dump of hormones. For us as women, we are on a 28-day cycle. Men, 24 hours every day. They're predictable. You can set your watch by it. But us, we are moving targets. So 28 days-ish, give or take. But our cycle, we are ebbing and flowing and chopping and changing and some weeks our resilience will be much higher and it's easier to access the joy and then other weeks things feel devastating and one of the gifts of our cycle is that when we are in that low mood that devastating kind of what I call hell week which I'm in right now um when we're in that week often it brings to the forefront of our brain And also to our hearts, these issues that have probably sat below the surface and potentially bothered us a little bit, but we now have this kind of cracked open resilience where we can look at it a little bit more for better or for worse. So going to weekly therapy has been brilliant because there are some days I walk in and I'm like Susie Sunshine and everything's great. And then there are other days like Thursday just gone where I just cried from the start to the end and I could have easily kept going but of course you only have your hour so you got to get it all in but yeah it's been a real a really cathartic process just for me personally to have that and just speaking of hell week the lead up to my period where my resilience and tolerance is so much lower I was saying to my personal trainer, Sean, today, who I just feel for this poor guy, um, although he has an amazing girlfriend that he lives with, so he's well-versed in females. But I was saying to him, you know, in the lead up to my period, like I'm just so much more emotional and it takes up so much more of my energy to stay level. And I really pride myself on responding really well to the kids even though it's hard, but just the mental energy of doing that is so taxing and draining. So I feel bone achingly tired because it's much harder for me to be kind mum, has it together mum this week. Like I do it and I do it pretty well, I think. And the boys and I have a really open dialogue. Like I will say to them, 
It's the week before my period, guys. I can't repeat myself. I cannot, do not make me repeat myself. And they're so good, bless them. But yeah, so I was saying to him, I'm exhausted. And I think that part of that level of exhaustion is just the mental drain of staying composed during this week. So therapy has been great because I can go and be completely a mess there safely so that I'm not spewing it out onto the boys, which is very, very helpful for all of us. And I will end this episode by sharing with you a little story that happened yesterday, which um, really tested my ability to keep it together. So during the night, I I woke up. Oh, I woke up because there was a massive bang. So one of the windows downstairs was left open and the wind like sucked the garage door closed and it slammed and it scared me and it also made a picture come off the wall. So I went downstairs to investigate. And when I came back up to my bedroom, I thought, oh, there's a gross smell in here. And now Lou, my dog, who is an 11-year-old Maltese crossed poodle crossed it sounded like I said that with a T then. I'm getting tired. Um, she's a moodle. And so Lou sleeps at the foot of my bed every night. She always has. That's her post. And I thought, oh, there's a gross smell. But you know when you're really tired? I didn't have my contact lenses in. And I thought maybe she has just done a little trumpet, as the boys would call it. She's, you know, past wind in my room. And that's what the smell is because she's a dog and whatever. I didn't think anything of this. But luckily, when I had gotten up to go downstairs, I put my robe on and I have a really thick, fluffy robe. And I was so tired that I thought I'm just going to stay in my robe and get back in to the bed. So thankfully, thankfully for small mercies, I got back into the bed, thought there's a gross smell. And before I know it, I was asleep. I woke up in the morning and thought, oh, still a bit of a gross smell. Maybe that tuna that she had for dinner isn't agreeing with her stomach. I got up and I walked into the bathroom. I put my contact lenses in and I turned around and just out of luck noticed in the mirror on the back of my robe was dog poo. Like like a hand, like a handprint. I've got my hand out now. Maybe like the size of my palm dog poo on the back of my robe. So Lou had gone to the bathroom through the night and she's due for a haircut and little dogs get dags. It's so gross, but she'd obviously had a dag, wiped it through my bed and then I had slept in it. So you can imagine this week when I'm already not feeling amazing then to have woken up with dog poo on the back of my robe. Oh, and I'm not like, I'm very squeamish with that sort of stuff. So Not only that, I had just made the bed with fresh linen as well. So I'd had my mattress topper on, my fitted sheet, my top sheet, the doona, like I'd done the whole works. And so anyway, that was yesterday morning. That was how I woke up on Sunday morning. Not ideal. So gross. So just the mental energy to stay calm and not throw Lou out the window. (laughs) Um, It was extra taxing yesterday morning. But anyway, that aside, all is well. Just thought I'd share that because it was so gross. And you know how just when something happens like that at the start of your day, it takes up so much of your energy, I find, to turn the ship around and be like, this is fine. Today's going to be great as you're peeling off a robe that's covered in dog poo. Not ideal. But anyway, I hope this solo episode has been helpful. I hope you have 
enjoyed hearing a little bit more about that book that I read and also the arrival fallacy and hopefully it's provided some food for thought. It would mean the world to me if you take a screenshot of this episode, pop it up on your Instagram stories, tag me at Kylie Camps. I really do appreciate it. I still get such a buzz from knowing that you're listening to the podcast. So please feel free to do that if you enjoy it. And I will also put a link in the show notes for you to jump over and sign up to be one of the first to find out about the new project that I have been working on. I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. 